how are you? Transitions are hard and I genuinely can't be bothered, so let's just do the thing. Our Mr. Miranda was born on March 9th of 1941 in Mesa, Arizona. His problems started in grade school and worsened after his mother's death. Miranda and his father didn't have the greatest relationship and kept his distance from his father, brothers, and his new stepmother. In the 8th grade, he committed his first crime, and the following year he was convicted for burglary. Miranda spent a year in reform school and was 15 when he was released. However, his release was only temporary, as a month later he fell out with the law, and this caused his his return to Arizona State Industrial School for Boys. After being released for a second time, Miranda was shipped to Los Angeles, California, and unsurprisingly, he was arrested for suspicion of armed robbery and sex crimes within just a few months of being in L.A. He was extradited back to his home state of Arizona after being in custody for two and a half years. This is when the 18-year-old bounced between a few federal prisons, including ones in Texas, Tennessee, Ohio, and California. And for a few years, Ernesto Miranda was doing well and staying out of trouble until he got a job as a laborer at a work, a loading dock in Phoenix. That is a mouthful for no at the time, he was living with Twyla Hoffman, a 29-year-old woman who could not afford to divorce her husband, and a mother of two. On the 13th of March in 1963, the brother of an 18-year-old rape victim spotted Miranda. He called the police and gave them a description of the car, and he told them the license plate number. Miranda was approached by Officer Cooley and Young. They asked if they would be if he would like to join them down at the station for a lineup, which is basically where they bring in a few people, they line them up, give them numbers, and then see if they can get a positive ID from the victim. At the time he was not in the custody of the Phoenix police, however, he was just a person of interest, and during the lineup the victim positively ID'd Miranda. Miranda was then brought into custody and after being interrogated by two hours by police and positively identifying the victims, Miranda signed a written confession that he indeed had committed the crimes. This confession contains lines such as, this statement has voluntarily and of my own free will with no threats, coercion, or promises of immunity with Full knowledge of my legal rights and understanding any statement I make can and will be used against me. However, Miranda was not aware of his legal rights. When Miranda was taken to court, his lawyer Alvin Moore objected to the confession being admitted into evidence. However, Superior Court Judge Yell McFate overruled the objection. Moore tried to repeal the decision, however, it was upheld by the Arizona Supreme Court. Miranda submitted a writ of satori, however, Moore was unable to take the case to the Supreme Court due to illness, so this is where Robert J. Coran and his associates, along with the law firm Lewis and Roca, took on Miranda's case. 
Together, they wrote a 2,500-word-long petition for Satori. They argued that Miranda's fifth right amendment Fifth Amendment rights, excuse me, was violated and sent it off to the Supreme Court. But to understand why they were saying that his rights were violated, let's look at the Fifth Amendment, specifically the part that says, nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself. This in layman terms means that you have the right not to incriminate yourself. This tends to typically be achieved by silence. However, someone who is unaware of their rights, like Miranda, probably doesn't know that you don't have to speak with police. Back to the case. In November of 1965, the Supreme Court hears Miranda versus Arizona and three other similar cases. This case was to clear the previous misunderstandings of the past ruling, Escobedo versus Illinois. This case pertained more so to the Sixth Amendment, however, was still relevant to Miranda. While Esca- yes, what Escobedo was denied counsel by an attorney, Miranda was not informed of his right to an attorney in general. Flannery Frank stated that Miranda's Sixth Right Amen- Sixth Amendment rights I cannot speak today had been violated. However, the state of Arizona responded that his rights had not been violated. And the first day of the case was the last day of February, and the verbal arguments continued into the next day, the last day of March. Arizona was represented by Gary Nelson, no relation, who argued that this was not a violation of the Fifth Amendment right, just an attempt to add on to the Escobedo decision. The Supreme Court ruled in favor of Miranda. Afterwards, his case was retried in the state of Arizona, and conf- the confession he made was admitted from evidence. He was still sentenced to 20 to 30 years in prison, and in 1972, Miranda was uh, paroled for some reason. He, however, didn't clean up his act, and eventually, in 1976, he got into a bar fight that would lead to the stab wound that killed him. And that's why if you ever read your Miranda rights when you're arrested, yeah, you can thank him. Good night and good luck.